This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Halls. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This week, we're going to kick off with a couple of heavyweights. We're going to have Prey, the latest Predator movie. Uh, Then we've got Carter, which is doing the rounds on Netflix at the moment. Then we have a Western called The Last Sun, um, a nice sort of wry comedy, uh, King Knight. And then we have The Voices, a psychological thriller. Our short shot this week is Scooty. And our DTV throwback is Rego, King of the Monsters. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is Prey. Set 300 years ago, a young Comanche called Naru yearns to become a hunter like her brother Taabe. However, when an alien predator arrives, it is Naru and her tribe who are the ones being hunted. Okay, chaps, um, we have a Predator film, and it is the Predator film that nobody thought they actually wanted until they saw it, and then it is the best thing since sliced bread. Um, I shall talk more about this in a minute, but let's kick off with Steve. Over to you. Um, Yeah, totally agree with you. Um, Really, really enjoyed this. Probably the best film I've seen in a long while, to be fair. Um... Just like the stripped back nature of it, you know, it's not, you know, 25 muscle men with massive machine guns. It's a young Native American woman in 17, 19, using the skills of wild. And it's, it's, it's the best Predator sequel that we've had. Hmm. And to be fair, it's, it, it's kind of almost a shame that we're, it's actually that we can actually review it. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen it on a big screen, and I think I m- might have even enjoyed it more. To be fair, mm. but props to Dan Trachtenberg. I thought he's, he did a really good job, um, especially like the smoky forest halfway scene I thought that was done really really well with the trappers and yeah, yeah it's, it's just so enjoyable and such such a good film it, it nearly ranks with the original not quite as good but yeah just great just really really good there are a couple of callbacks at the end Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not, and they're relatively subtle, uh, but but they're nicely done, nicely played. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, this is a film which doesn't hit it hit you over the head with the fact that it's a predator film. Um, you know, there's no Alan Silvestri score, for example. Yeah. You know, there's none of that stupid jungle drums music which they shove into every predator movie. Despite the set, you know, regardless of where yeah, it's yeah. actually set, we've got to have the jungle drums because it's a, a predator film, you know, all that sort of bollocks. Mm. Um, it's very, it, it's it's not a coy film. It tells you right from the beginning almost that 
there's a predator landing, you know, nearby. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, the first film, the very first thing you see is the spaceship going past and firing off a pod to the planet, which a lot of people complain about, going, oh, now we know there's a bloody alien, you know. But <laughs> I, I, I like that we know the predator's there. We see, we see it doing its, its, its business. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the film has a measured pace it allows us time to actually immerse into the the comanche's way of life you know we're following this girl yeah. Maru. um we, we we get a good flavor of their culture and, and what it means to be part you know what it means to be a comanche mm -hmm. what it means to be a hunter all this sort of stuff you know it's not in a rush to sort of mash that into predator you know it, it, it builds up nicely to, to the moment you know the predator is sort of going out there he's, he's you know messing around with snakes with wolves he's building up you know mountain lion bear man you know it, yeah. it's, it's 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 a nice sort of progression through um and and it, it takes its time um yeah it, it adds to the mythos very nicely you know the 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 the, uh, the predator's weapons you know the sh the shield thing was yeah. you know it was it was absolutely superb uh, things yeah. like that you know the fact that it fires these the sort projectile. of projectile yeah, yeah all that um, yeah I, I I thought this worked incredibly well uh, Rich how did you get on with this one I don't love it as much as everyone else to be honest holy <laughs> fuck. I, I was come on was... let's have some balance then come on let's go well no I was just I wasn't I did find myself just sort of you know i was trying to sort of stay focused and i was drifting away and i wasn't uh, i wasn't entirely engaged by the whole thing for whatever reason i don't know i do think the cinematography is stunning uh, there's so many really great shots in the movie um from uh, uh, cinematographer jeff cusser that's that's the sort of key thing. i mean that's this is where you you look at it and you think how is was this ever intended for a cinema release because they put so much effort into the visuals that it looks like it was intended for uh, to be seen in cinema so if it was always intended to be dtv that's 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 uh, remarkable they've gone to mm. to those lengths yeah. to, to to compose the shots in, in such a way you know sort of, like for example i mean there's this whole establishing bit at the beginning and as you say the the sort of tracking shot as she goes through the through the camp and um the bit there's bits like you know like a close there's a bit like with the bunny rabbit in close-up and, mm. and sort of the field in the yeah back. you know all, all this because of the landscape sort of lends itself to that kind of thing so that, i was very drawn to the to that side of things i guess i'm a bit tired of the david and goliath kind of plot that we've seen so much of lately and i mean we only and recently we had the princess mm -hmm. also on disney mm. plus which kind of had the same underestimated a heroine kind of plot line, albeit without the David and Goliath bit, there was there wasn't really a Goliath in it. But out of the sort of two films, which kind of because they're both turning up on Disney, they're both kind of twisting in their own way. They're twisting on the Disney princess kind of thing, mm -hmm. and I think I had I had quite a, I didn't love the princess, but I had quite a lot of fun with it. Whereas this, I was just kind of I was engaged at times, but not not the whole way through. Although I did think there was a couple of really nice, um, nicely choreographed uh, action sequences, or, or you know, all uh, training sequences, like the bit where she uh, where she's throwing her, her axe around, and she's got it tied mm -hmm. to the rope, and and she's throwing it into the trees and stuff. Uh, I thought that was really good, um, but yeah, overall, I was kind of 
I think one of the things that disappointed me was I was expecting something. I'd heard about it being in the Comanche language and, and I, I expected a film that was going to be uh, sort of qu quite risky and different. And, you know, I had kind of Apocalypto in mind uh, and it actually, most of the film is in English and it, it's, uh, you know, that there is there a is... Comanche dub available yeah. there is a comanche dub yeah but the yeah. Uh, i was expecting the actual proper release mm. to be comanche not not in english which kind of struck me as a bit I, uh, would i don't know i don't know on the ins and outs of whether they would be speaking english or not but <coughs> it just sort of it just it wasn't what i expected and i was like oh it's actually all like a, it's just like any other movie basically which i suppose is fair enough because it is a big you know blockbuster mm. studio movie um so it, I was a little bit disappointed by that, but it wasn't a game. It wasn't a you know deal breaker or anything. Uh, I think the uh, the heroine, uh, the 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 actress. I mean, all the cast were excellent. And, Amber and the mid thunder yeah. and the and the cast because obviously it's a cast basically of unknowns or people that are certainly unknown to not, not to me. Long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it did bring to my mind, you know, lots of other films that we've seen of this type, not just Predator and stuff but it did make me think oh yeah i should check out xyz movie that i've never seen like people were talking you know like twitter people get talking about other films of a similar vein and outlander with jim caviezel kind of popped up and i can't I've always see that, that. Mm. Oh. no and then there was something and then there was um pathfinder with carl urban yep. which, yeah which which yeah, sort of a bit hesitant but um but you know maybe i should give that i don't actually i, I I don't even know if I might have actually been to the cinema to see it and just forgotten about it. I can't remember. But the, um, but yeah. So, but judging as as a film in its own right, uh, as a Predator film, absolutely fine. Although I didn't quite understand why the Predator looks so different. But that's not again for me to worry about. I'm not like uh, somebody who was like, oh, it has to look exactly the same. I just I didn't quite understand why it looked different. Um, well, I suppose but, you've got to allow for three hundred years of evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, they come from space, so does time work space, the same yeah. way? Well, I, I well, guess it kind of. Does. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I just think, I think the design on this one is more, you know, live and athletic in a way, you know, rather than mm. bulky. And mm. even the head seems smaller than the original mm. ones, but apparently that's to do with the advances in animatronics and all, because they don't have to. Uh -huh. Put as much in there to get the mandibles moving and stuff from what I've read. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but I think you're right with, with, with you know the evolution aspects of it. You know, it's, it is 300 years. You know, a creature like that could change. I mean, it could even you never know. It could be a different you know a different yeah. species of predator. Because the, the the predators movie and the predator movie. Mm. Um, both both have these two different casts, don't they? Of, of um, yeah, like uh, sort of predators, yeah. tribes in a way, or whatever, or species. But I, I think that explains that. But yeah, I just even the way he moved is a lot more like not physical, but more athletic in a way. You know, mm. more kind of more stealthily in a way. You know, and. I really did like the um, the touch at the end with the musket. Mm, yeah, that, nice story back. Yeah. It, it, it's the same gun. Yeah, exactly. 
And, you know, that I thought was really, really nice. Nice Easter egg, nice touch that. And, yeah, I mean, it's so much better than The Predator. I mean, that was god-awful. I mean, so disappointed, you know, especially, you know, Shane Black directing it. I thought, this is going to be great. And it was just awful. And when, when this was announced, I must admit, I was like, great, yeah, here we go, another one. Mm. But it's... Yeah, it's probably the best thing I've seen all year. I do take one issue with some of the marketing blurb because it says that this is the origin story of the Predator coming to Earth. And it ain't. Um, Unless you're going to discount the Aliens versus Predator movies as as not canon. (laughs) Because, because, yeah, we we wish. um, Because because AVP makes it clear, because I only watched this the other week with with, with Josh. you know the, the the pyramid they discover in AVP has been around for millennia, and yeah. it contains hieroglyphics from like the, the Aztecs, the Incans, and the Egyptians. You know, yeah. so it's not three dates all, all all of them. So yeah, this 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 isn't their first rodeo on Earth by any means. One one of the most ridiculous things I've seen on Twitter about this. There's the usual sort of misogyny, unfortunately. Uh, there's a little. There's a young girl who beats a predator when, like, you know, all these muscle guys couldn't do it in the eighties. Um, there's all that bollocks, which is um, yeah, been fun to argue with. But um, I don't entirely think that's uh, you know. I think some of the reaction to that's been a bit extreme though, because I think well, no, that is. I mean, it is a fair observation to an extent. I don't. I don't really see a massive problem with that with the observation yeah um, say, i mean i did i never felt she was a credible threat to the predator no not really well not really i mean she was she was you know in jeopardy quite a lot of the time and the, you know the um the rest of the tribe came came to her help and stuff and yes I've, she did overcome him at the end I've, but... yeah exactly well i think that's that's it she's not the best hunter she's not the best fighter she she, she earns it throughout the film she starts yeah. off she, she starts she off um, being being a bit naff. Um, the thing with the mountain lion, you know, um, she kind of fails there. But but even her brother admits at the end that actually, yeah, you you had the right idea. You 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 sort of got got most of him. I, I just sort of finished him off. Yeah. Um, she lives in the jar with you know. It... Yeah, exactly. The, 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 the whole bit in, in the trapper encampment when she just mm. massacres everyone in there. Yeah, it's a brilliant sequence. Um, and then you know, to, to, to a large extent, her brother does a lot of the heavy lifting, but it's it's her use of her brains and thinking outside the box is what actually kills him. Yes, at the end, yeah, you know, that is her strength. It's, it's, she, she's not the she's not the best fighter, she's not the best hunter, but she can think outside the box and she is able to figure out what the helmet does. You know, the, she not not exactly, but you know, she she instinctively knows that that's some sort of like home, homing device. She's able to sort of figure mm. that out and, and use that to her advantage. And she's able to pull off what Dutch couldn't with, with his trap in, in in the original one. You know, her, her trap works. There you go. So I I, I I think that's kind of the point, Rich. It, it's she's not an obvious threat. To, to the predator, she's not the strongest. She's not the you know anything like that. So it, it it's 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 the prey that you don't expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, on that note, 
shall we shall we uh, score this one uh steve uh before sorry before we no, get the scores then. can uh, i just give a i just want to give a shout out to uh chris notarile's film warrior predator which was made in 2019 which was which is, essentially was the prototype for this movie unofficially mm -hmm. because that because his the concept for his film was a 16th century native american warriors forced to fight for her life against uh, in this case uh, a couple of predators mm -hmm. so the 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 idea has been done before quite interesting you know, like it was only like a seven minute or whatever film but it was quite it's quite interesting to note the sort of similarities there and uh that that wasn't really hasn't really been hugely acknowledged mm. um uh, I, i'm not saying it's a ripoff it might just be a complete coincidence they might have never even seen his film but it just does seem does seem a bit coincidental and i think it should it's a film that should be part of the conversation and is you know i would recommend that people sort of seek it out out of curiosity to sort of check it out i mean it was made on a micro budget uh, and you know and you know it's compared to to prey it's it's a completely you know different viewing experience but conceptually it's very intriguing to to look at the two in comparison cool have you ever and seen it i i have no. actually i was saying um james bush's film um uh, oh start warrior uh, predator dark ages dark ages yeah yeah that's really good that was very good uh, that's very good quality that film mm -hmm. but yeah there's I mean there's like there's loads of films that have explored the um the predator in different different eras and stuff so they, hmm. they are worth there's quite a few that are worth checking out actually but it's just this this one in particular which isn't the best yeah. um say so it's, it's just conceptually quite interesting this the similarities there sorry it's, to, it's, it's interesting as well actually i mean you, you you could do a really nihilistic horror one mm -hmm. with the predator you could almost turn it into a slasher and just yeah. have everyone die because at the end of the day at some point, these predators are going to come out on top. Otherwise, they, as a species, they'd be, you know, gone. Because, you know, oh, every time we land on the planet, these plucky, you know, indigenous creatures end up killing us for some reason. So, so you know, yeah. you know, there have to be some which are going to sort of win at the end of the day and then head off back home with all their trophies. So, you know, imagine if they did like a, a proper dark slasher where yeah, everyone dies and no one knows why. And then, <laughs> you know, that that would be interesting. I think. Anyway, let's let's score this thing. Um, Steve, nine. Uh huh. Rich, uh, seven. Uh, okay, I, I'm definitely a nine. I'm I'm, a, I'm with Steve on this one. It's um. Definitely I know. Not. I know. I'm a. I'm a low. I wish I'd loved it as much as everyone else. I just, it's just not. I'm not, I'm not for some reason, I just it, didn't right? click with it. Yeah. That's you know, I, I like Last of the Mohicans, stuff like that. I did. Um, I did enjoy some of that, but um, yeah, that's. that's this one just didn't work for me. I feel maybe, bad. maybe, maybe on another viewing. Maybe, maybe now you're. Yeah, it might need some time to sort of bed yeah. in. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Maybe, yeah. maybe put the Comanche dub on next time and see, see how we get on. That would be quite interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it would. There we go. Okay, so two nines and a seven for Prey. It is on Hulu in the States and on uh, Disney Plus in the UK and in Europe. Please go check it out. Um, it is doing gangbusters at the moment, and why not? Our next review is Carter. In the midst of a zombie-like outbreak, a Korean operative called Carter awakens with no memory of who he is, a female voice talking in his head and an army of CIA operatives trying to kill him. 
He is guided to rescue the kidnapped daughter of a scientist and bring her to North Korea. But is there anyone he can really trust? Now, Steve, um, yeah. a few years back, the uh, same director made a film called The Villainess, um, which I really liked. Uh, but it did have this very lengthy fight sequence at the beginning, which was like done from like first person perspective like a first person shooter so yeah the camera view was the person yeah and it lasted about yeah lasted a good 10 10 minutes of the film running time and it was a bit of a pain to be honest it was very technically well done but for 10 minutes of the film we're like going i don't know what's going on i don't know who i'm meant to be or anything like this you know it was bizarre um unfortunately the director is decided to take that bit and run with it for a whole film. Um, I don't think there is a single moment in this film where the camera sits still. It is proper ADHD filmmaking. Yes. It is all over the place. Um, I must admit, I've I've kind of calmed down on this a little bit um, since I watched it. Um, But I still hate it. It is, you know, it is an action film. It is full of action from start to finish, but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a film to me for any any stretch of time. It feels more like somebody's walking me through a video game. You know? Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like every now and again, is you know, is a, a you know, someone's going to flash on the screen to tell me to start bashing the A button, you know, to get to get to the next bit. Uh, that's, that's kind of what it felt for a lot of this. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of technical skill on show in in the way the camera moves. You know, um, it, it reminded me a little bit of um, um, Michael Bay's Ambulance to a certain degree, and uh, a, a certain sequence in um, The Raid Two. Uh, where, where the camera is sort of passed between cars and things like yeah. this, and not that sort of stuff going on, but it, for a lot of the, it's just like you just want to tell the screen just to like calm down, you know, just just sit still and actually film what's going on for a minute, and give give us a bit of context. It's you know, it was ridiculous. How did you get on with this? Um, yeah, about the same as you really, because it. <sighs> It just starts off. It just throws you in there. You know, there's no... Mm. No gentle walking in. It's bang, 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 and that's it all the way through. And it was. It was like... It was like Hardcore Henry, Mm. but doubled. Because I remember rightly, that was only about 70 minutes long or something (laughs) ridiculous like that. This is two and a quarter hours. There is a point in this where me and my wife sort of paused it, you know, have a quick blue break sort of thing, go, go get a drink. And I looked yeah. at the screen, I went, oh my God, we've still got 50 minutes of this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I thought this was nearly <clears throat> finished. And it's like, we've got 50 more minutes of this. And they're just, and it's just like trying to up the ante, mm. up the ante, up the ante. And there's so many double, triple, quadruple, crosses and you don't know who's who and you don't know what's happening and it does lose you know the it's style of the substance it's like a, <clears throat> it's like a kfc yeah mm. 
you eat it, it tastes all right. You know there's no real nutritional value to it because it's not going to do anything. It's just overblown. Even mm. like the, the, the one-shot kind of thing that they're trying to do. Mm. You know, but it's like, not, I mean, yeah, it was so shoddy. It was, you know, it was, mm. it was so rough around the edges during those bits. You know, yeah. you, you could see the, um, the jumps between, oh God, yeah. you know, where they've had to sort of stop and start again. Do, yeah. do, so, so I tell you the bit which really lost me, the, the bit where what? I really sort of like zoned out is like, you know, bounced me out of the movie completely. There's a sequence, there's a very good sequence aboard, um, uh, an airplane yeah which 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 reminded me a little bit of um uh world war z funny enough the brad pitt yeah, yeah um there's a little bit of that um but it ends up with you know people being thrown out of the airplane there's only one parachute what you know the bad guy's got the parachute there's only one gun sort of thing and there's this bit where he knocks the gun out of the guy's hand while he's trying to get the parachute and then sort of flies off without the parachute floating through the air and then finds the gun yeah. and grabs it and starts shooting yeah, at the yeah. guy. And I was like, no, how on earth, you know, in all of the sky, are you going to mm. find a gun which is falling, you know, we're falling at terminal velocity? It the, bit, was, the, mm. the bit that got me was, well, again, it's like, you know, it's going on, it's going on and then all of a sudden it's like a, they bring back the zombies, you know, mm. and the bit on the bridge, I was like, oh, come on. Seriously. <laughs> well, it's like, how yeah. did the zombies get at both ends of the bridge? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And even having, having kind of like putting the kid in it as well. Yeah. You know, in the middle of, you know, what she's like falling out of a building, being thrown from a van to a motorbike. You, you get the feeling. Yeah. You get the feeling that at some point he's going to turn around and realise she's dead. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. It, you know, it's, it's like, like yeah. oh shit. Oh, oh, we don't seem to have all of the left here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the other bit as well. Um, you know, it it, it, did, it did feel like it was kind of making itself up as it went along. There's a bit where um, he jumps off. I think I think yeah, he's on a motorbike. With the yeah. with the two kids, and he jumps off yeah. a cliff, and all of a sudden he lands on top of a train. I'm like, where the fuck did that train come from? Where where the oh, hell no. is that train? There's there's no train track well, or anything beforehand. It's just like no. they land on it. Um, yeah, it, ridiculous. I mean, some people might enjoy. I mean, I was talking to my colleague at work, mm. and she doesn't like blood or guts or anything like that. Mm. I, I think she lasted four. She said she lasted four minutes. Mm. She turned it off. Yeah, and his dad that, carried yeah, on. at the beginning. I know. It's, it's, yeah, and yeah. It, his dad carried on. I think he lasted ten. Mm. And he said he said it was knocking him sick. Just the, the camera movement. The camera like movement's that. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there were some really standout sequences. It has to be said, mm. but they you know they need to be captured within something a bit more conventional. You know, yeah, there, just... there, there's no, you know. It was all using technique to drive the story. There, there was no sort of actual visual storytelling going on at all. It was all ex exposition, you know, stuff being yeah. told, yelled in his ear, 
or yeah. stuff on a TV screen or something. You know, at, until we get yeah. to the end, the very end, and there's a couple of flashbacks and things which sort of fill in the gaps. You know, we, but we, we've kind of been in this situation before. Not only a couple of months ago, we had Spirit Walker, which was I don't, I don't yeah, know if you saw but, that one. Yeah, but, you know yeah. that that was a that was you know, decent. It was very good. You know, at the same time, it was it kept his cards very close to his chest. It didn't sort of tell you too much. It allowed you to figure things out as you went along. Um, but it, but you actually it, gave a shit about people, yeah, didn't it? Exactly. Yeah. But this one, you don't get the chance to give a shit about this guy. You know, yeah. it, it's like he's being pursued. Therefore, you have to like him. You have to root for him because he's the guy who's being pursued. You know, that, that's that's basically the thinking behind it. Or, you yeah, know, he's the guy that the zombies are tracking, so you have to get behind him. There, there was another bit which um, I thought was just absolutely ridiculous when he when he takes the controls of a helicopter, because of course he can he can fly a helicopter. Oh yeah, and yeah. and and suddenly the helicopter just spazzes out. <laughs> you know, he does something to the helicopter which makes it sort of float upside down. Yeah, I mean, and, and it was like it was just like. It was like a, ba- a bad, a badly rendered video game from like the nineties, you know. I mean, it's like, well, that's the thing. He's hanging out. He's hanging out of the helicopter, turning it upside down. His mm. head's too, like two foot away from the blade. Yeah, and he's not getting sucked into it and cut into pieces. You know, it's mm. like right, okay. It yeah. It's, Sometimes you have a suspension of disbelief, but this took the piss with it. It you did. know. Really absolutely, did. yeah, absolutely. This is the sort of film you know you put on when you come home from the pub with your mates, and you all fall asleep in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, scores on the doors, Steve. I'll give it a six. That's generous. I'm giving this a four. Um, I, you know, I, I should be the guy lo- loving this, but, but seriously, I'll no. be honest. I thought you, I, I kind of thought you would. To be fair, <laughs> I I did not get on with this at all. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm old, you know, maybe I'm out of touch. No, no, it's the children that are fault. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, a six and a four for Carter. Currently being shown on Netflix. If it floats your boat, go check it out. Our next review is The Last Son. An outlaw called Jesse LeMay is cursed by a Cheyenne chief that he will be killed by one of his own kin. So naturally, he goes on a killing spree, murdering all of his children that he has sighed over the years. Until there are only two left. One is a girl, the other is a psychopathic outlaw himself. Um, I'm usually quite hard on uh on westerns they, they tend to be these days quite low budget shot on video um shot in you know a not exactly widescreen sort of ratio um you know just using the typical sort of like uh reenactment kind of props and things and that, that's exactly what they feel like they, they feel like you know someone's weekend hobby um this is different this is a proper film uh with proper epic scope to it um i i knew i was going to like this from its opening shot which is a nice sort of widescreen um sort of wide country shot with a 
horse rider riding across the distance with a bit of narration going over the top. Um, so we've got Sam Worthington as, as um, this guy this who worked for um, the US government to try and kill out the, um, the Cheyenne. Uh, so, you know, they could grab the land and things like that. And one of these chiefs uh, cursed him with this thing saying, you know, you will be killed by one of your kin. Uh, so he does. He, he literally goes around sort of finding all these people that, you know, he, he slept with a lot of hookers over the years who'd had kids and he goes and tracks them all down and starts killing these, you know, these, these teenagers and things um, until there's two left. One of them is this girl and the other is this guy um, and he's a nasty piece of work. He, he was in the army himself. Um, he deserted. He stole a Gatling gun and he's been using this to rob banks. Um, it is a very good film. Um, we also have uh, Thomas Jane popping up um, as a cavalryman who, as a child, had been adopted by the Cheyenne. And he's got this sort of like three-line tattoo on his chin and wears a, um, an eagle feather in his, uh, in his cavalry cap. Uh, quite, a, quite an interesting character. Um, yeah, we, it's, it's a very decent pretty nasty at times um, Western. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I'm giving this an 8 out of 10. I bet you guys didn't manage to catch it. No. Yeah, it, was the, uh, it was the double double uh, features of a Western and Sam Worthington were like uh, two <laughs> sort of uh, no thank you kind of. <laughs> I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind Sam Worthington. I mean, you know, he's way past that point where he was being shoved into every coming blockbuster, you know, so, so he was in Terminator 4, he was in Wrath of, um, sorry, Clash of the Titans, Wrath of the Titans, things like that. Um, but now he, he's, he's doing some more sort of character-driven stuff. Um, this one, um, you know, he, he's sort of quite bedraggled. He's got a sort of huge beard and wears this massive sort of fur coat. Um, there's this horrible sequence at the end where everything sort of comes to a head and, you know, this um, son of his is, is got a posse together and he's sort of searching for him. And, and the cavalry guys have actually arrested him and put him in a jail. But he sort of like asked to go to the loo. So they take him out to the outhouse and he escapes by digging through the outhouse and comes out covered in shit. You know, it is everywhere. It's all of his clothes and his hair and uh, it's absolutely gross and he's still managing to sneak around this town it's like you know covered in snow um people are sort of looking for him and i'm thinking surely the smell will be enough <laughs> to give away no. his position <laughs> but um but despite that I, I i thoroughly enjoyed this it's um yeah can be a bit nasty at times some good prosthetic work you know people get shot and you can sort of see the bullet hole and um you know, you can see the blood sort of still pumping out of it and things like that. Um, so it's all very well done. It has got quite a slow pace at times. It just allows things to to build on their own. And it has this interesting... I mean, it's got a very good score as well. Um, the score for this is very good. But every now and again, it does this thing where it'll just go really quiet and you know something violent's about to happen. 
you know, you'll be quiet for like one, two, three beats and then something nasty will happen out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, he sort, he sort of get to get to um, to look for them. But yeah, no, this is sort of very, very solid. Um, I'll give this a good solid eight out of 10. Definitely recommend it. Our next film is King Knight. Thorn is a male witch and leader of a small coven of New Age witches with his life partner, Willow. However, a dark secret from his past is about to disrupt everything in his life. Um, okay, so this is the latest film from um, uh, Matthew Gray Goobler and Richard Bates Jr. Um, they work together on numerous films such as uh, Trash Fire and Suburban Gothic, um, two films I've really enjoyed. Um, I think Matthew Gray Goobler also turned up in um, his other film, which, Incision, um, which I haven't seen yet, but um, heard interesting things. Um, I really enjoyed this, but before I say what I thought about it, uh, over to see. What a pile of shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know how you enjoyed any of this at all. There's no story. Every single character is annoying as hell. What the supposed big big thing in his past that he's hung on is ridiculous. The whole the whole film is trivial. Like we say about Carter, there's no there's no substance there whatsoever. It's just absolute shite. I'm sorry. I don't I don't get it, what you got out of this. I mean the one good thing it's mercifully short it's only 81 minutes. And which is you know it's kind of a shame because I like Angela Sarif thing, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah. I like her. She's great in Westworld and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But this is just terrible. I mean, how many times, how many times in one film do people have to say, what is it, the butthole is full of poop or something? <laughs> but it, it said 40 times in about three minutes. In, oh. It, you know what it kind of reminded me of? Mm-hmm. Like a slightly supernatural Napoleon Dynamite it leads up to the exact same thing, and that got me tits as well. And this, there's not, there's nothing to it. It's so shallow and stupid and awful. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be a comedy. <clears throat> I didn't even grin. Oh dear! I didn't even smile. It, oh. No, awful. Not your cup of tea. Awful, Mike. <laughs> um, Steve, uh, Rich, any any um, any words of kindness from you? <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> I, I thought it was. Fun. I thought it was great. I, I thought it's like this is like a this is going to be like a, a, a like a late night favourite. I think of it's just like a cult audience. I think is just going to gather mm. around this one. Uh, I think I just think there's so many like quotable lines and bits and quirky characters. I just thought it was great. I just loved it. I just like the the um the sort of 
it, yeah, I mean, it is kind of that office style of 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 comedy, where it's kind of sort of cringy comedy or sort of characters who think they're kind of self important and whatever. And you you know, you've kind of got to you either click with it or you don't. Probably. I mean, I don't know about the. Yeah. I mean, another thing that came to mind, although I've never seen any of his work, is Taika Waititi. Mm. I was thinking, is this a what what we do in the shadows ish kind of thing? I don't know because I've not seen it, but I certainly sort of saw. So I have seen the Thor movies and and the sort of there's there's elements of the comedy in those that I think are, mm. are similar here in terms of some of the characters and the sort of self importance that they mm. sort of ascribe to themselves. But I think there's there's also a genuineness and a heartfeltness to it because you know all that although they are to be we are ridiculed they are being ridiculed ridiculed this is ridiculing the, you know sort of um that whole you know sort of culture yeah. um and there there is a sort of you know it's an easy target ish kind of thing to it but i think you know that you know they do they do this sort of thing for everything so i don't think it's i don't think it's too malicious uh i i think there's there's a certain you know uh I don't. I don't think they're 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 like down on on people who 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 live who live these sort sort of lifestyles and stuff. I think they've just crafted these characters, and I think they're genuine. What I like is that they're genuine characters, and they they there's nothing that sort of feels um, mean spirited about any of them. <laughs> I, I, I quite like I quite like the character, even like the, the main guy. You know, um, the um, uh, what, Thorn. Um, Thorn. Yeah. That he's not. Um, I didn't find him an unlikable character. He seemed very genuine. <clears throat> the journey that he's taken from being, you know, the guy he was, uh, you know, mm. in the, in the early years to 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 who he is now, and the and the journey he takes. And yes, it does end. I mean, you, uh, Steve, you mentioned Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, I was brought yeah. to um, Little Miss Sunshine, with, yeah. uh, with the sort of the, yeah. the working towards the sort of dancing sort of conclusion there but uh, again i don't think that's a bad thing i mean this is kind of indie quirky comedy and i i just i, I had a great and i i really liked it a lot and i will definitely watch it again at some point mm. i i did like this a lot I, I, as i said i'm quite a <clears throat> fan of um sort of richard bates's earlier films um do they have think, the same sort of humor yeah um I, I think trash fire is a bit more acerbic um and, and there's definitely a running theme with his films about these sort of very malicious, overbearing mothers, because mm. uh, we get we get a cameo from Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton, yeah. Um, but mm. I assume, and she, I thought she was really good. That's tirade that she has, um, which which sums up exactly why Thorne hadn't introduced her to Willow in the past. Um, yeah, I, I I just really like these characters. I, I like the. You know, when when he has to confess to the coven, and it it sort of exposes his own kind of prejudices and assumptions about who would be drawn to a coven. You know, mm. because they all tell him, "Look, fuck you, man. We're we're, we're all successful business people. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not the losers here. You know, uh, we're not the outcasts. We're, we're it, it, you know, there's that sort of element. It's sort of middle class um, kind of people looking for you know an alternative lifestyle." Um, the, 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 there's, there's a couple of bits I absolutely love. The, the, the conversation with the mother, Barbara Crampton's character, I thought was really good. Um, but the whole bit where he goes on a walkabout, um, and you know, which involves like screaming at sort of pic picnickers and sort of yelling at and the, the, rock, the rocks and the pine cones, and, oh. and the pine cone and the rock. <laughs> I, I thought that was brilliant. I thought the voice acting for that was superb. 
you know um yeah i i, I just generally re really enjoyed it um uh, yeah i certainly recommend uh suburban gothic which is a proper sort of ghost story kind of thing but very funny as well um actually it's, um it's it thinking of um sort of the marvel stuff who's the actress who's in that because is, isn't it cat dennings not who, sure who's, who's in that with him because obviously she's in uh, I don't know if she was in Thor or one of the Thor movies, but anyway, that's yeah, she's in the first one. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right, that's right. She was in the first one, yeah. She turned up, yeah. but the um, oh yeah, she had a cameo in yeah, it was Cat Love Denning, and Thunder, right. yeah, 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 Cat Denning, Denning, yeah. yeah. Good, good did that, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that one's on freebie. I think I found. All right. I was tempted to give it a watch. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Trash fires under. Uh, I think that's got an alternate title. But it I can't has it got is. yeah, because it came out over here under a different title. I think. Might be called Shrew's Nest or something like that. Uh, no, I can't remember. I think they changed it to something different. I can't remember anyway. But yeah, but yeah I definitely want to check out some more more of his work because um because I've never seen I've never seen one of his movies and I've never seen uh, Matthew Gray Goobler or any of the cast yeah. in this. Because um, uh, well, actually, the, when I was watching it, I was thinking I recognise one guy and I'm pretty sure he was um uh, one of Larry Clark's old crew. So he was like the the, the guy with the little moustache. Um, oh, yeah. I can't, remember, can't remember what his name. Uh, Josh Fadham, I think, is Neptune. I think Neptune, he was in Teenage... Yeah, yeah. I think he was in Teenage Caveman. So I'm just going to check, check, see if that was who it was. Uh, no, I don't think it was. No, I thought he I, He looked a bit like... Um, well, he looks the same as uh, somebody... Who, who used mm. to be in... He uh, was in Teenage Caveman, the Larry Clark version, but I don't think it, I don't right. think it is him, but... Yeah, I don't think I've seen any any of this cast in in any anything then. But uh, I was I I, I liked it. I, I liked it. I had a great. So that's why I'm reacting this way because of yeah. Steve's kind of uh, uh, you know views of it. I think I, I was um, I was I was really enamoured of it. I I thought I I I just uh, I I thought it was a great time. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, how are you going to score this one? Three. <laughs> uh, Rich. Yeah, an eight. For me yeah it's a solid date for me as well um obviously mileage will vary you know if you like steve um you you may not just get this um i will point out as well that um <clears throat> a lot of the you know, things like imdb etc you may see this being categorized as a horror comedy um mainly because it's a witch you know uh, the main character is a modern day witch and you know, sort of algorithms not, are changing. Yeah, not, there's nothing horror it, about, there's nothing it horror about <laughs> and, and there's nothing funny about it as well. Oh, oh ha ha. <laughs> we did. Oh, another thing. We get Ray Wise as Merlin. That's right. Uh, yeah, the yeah. wizard in yeah. some in some sort of sequences and stuff. So yeah, Ray Wise is always good to see. So yeah, we've got Ray Wise, you've got Barbara Crampton giving some sort of solid support. So yeah, I said there's nobody I know in this, but yeah, the, those two are sort of like the, the sort of... Um, Familiar ones who who turn up in a, in a few scenes, absolutely. Uh, and uh, and the girl and somebody on the phone, Annalyn McCord, who I've seen in a few things, she actually does a vocal performance right. in this. But I didn't recognise her at the time. I only, it's only because I'm uh, looking at IMDb that I can even mm -hmm. see that. So yeah, um, yeah. This uh, I, I say yeah. I do rec I do hope uh, hope people check it out because it's not had a um, it's not getting a digital uh, physical release. It's only digital, oh, yeah. so it, it's something to to, to, to seek out. Definitely go check it out. Uh, two eights and a three from us. There you go. Our next review is The Voices. 
Sarah wakes up with no memory of who she is and has to rely on her ever-present husband to explain what happened. As she tries to adjust, she realizes that her husband and their housekeeper are keeping things from her. Every now and again, Rich and Steve, um, we get a film on our list, which I absolutely dread watching. You know, it's like, oh, God, here we go. All right, then, let's put it on. Let's see what it is. Um, um, and it totally subverts my expectations. So, you know, much like um, the craze film we covered at the beginning of the year, The, the Code of Silence, Mm. Um, I, I was pleasantly surprised by this. It could be because I had low expectations going in, because um, I, I, I'd read the synopsis of what it was about. I thought, oh, this is going to be incredibly dull. Um, and it, it could have been. It could have been incredibly dull. You know, it could have been sort of very nuanced and subtle about what it wants to do. But no, this is a film which basically is incredibly bombastic and loud, and you know, full of really interesting sort of visuals. Um, editing um i i ended up really enjoying this um steve i enjoyed it for about an hour an hour and ten and then you get the twist and that kind of brought it crashing down for me um because up to that point i thought the acting was great like you say the editing, the filming, great. The effects were great. It's just that ending, that twist. It, it dragged it down for me. Mm. I just didn't. I didn't see the point in it. To be fair, it just it, it kind of came out of nowhere, and it just took away like everything that happened. You know, because like mm. that first scene was phenomenal I mean I was like whoa hang on that grabbed me you know dragged me into the mm. story and then you get the credits and you know she wakes up after apparent apparent suicide attempts and stuff like that and also I thought the pacing was great as well it moves at a nice pace it's not too I mean obviously there's a few jump scares in there you know when when it's showing her crawling out of the bath and you know mm. every, every time it gets a little bit longer a little bit longer it's still not getting to what to the end or to what she needs to see and stuff like that you know and it okay it does kind of work as a metaphor when you get to the end but it just jolted me out of the film that ending didn't work at all for me the end mm. uh, Rich how did you get on with uh, <clears throat> the voices I think like I think like you, I was pleasantly surprised by it. it was mm. I was expecting something a bit more. I don't know if low rent is uh, is the right term to use, but this is a very polished, you know, high standard production. Uh, it is it is formulaic, and it's you know it's something we've seen a lot of. I mean, it, it's the it is the is she crazy mm. plot uh, yeah. once again, and you know the the. I mean, they even use the picture of you know the young woman vulnerable in a bathtub, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is that, that that's that's kind of overused imagery. I mean, Mara with uh, Olga Korolenko, I think did the did the same thing. There was another Olga Korolenko film called uh, Bay of Silence that we covered, which I think was another. Yep. Is she crazy? Yeah. 
kind of movie, um, which I don't mind. Uh, you know, familiar stories, it's not a problem. Uh, I thought this one was very well told, but I do agree with Steve mm. that I kind of lost it at the end. I actually had to go back and watch the... I, I had to go back and watch it uh, again because I was I got very lost about what on earth was 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 happening and uh, I don't I I think I agree with Steve I don't really think that that kind of was the right direction for the story uh, I think it does to a certain extent undermine it because I, I just sort of um, questioned the questioned it all basically rather than actually feeling you know any sort of sense of satisfaction or closure but I thought up until you know that point and say that's not a deal breaker I did really enjoy it overall. Uh, I thought that the, the uh, saying the pace, the visuals, you know, the um, the cinematography and the the, the way that mm. the whole thing was shot and the the sort of uh, the unsettling sequences, like the you know what she sees her mother doing and uh, the yeah. uh, uh, the some of the other sequences. I thought Sean Ashmore was excellent as the you know because there's, there's a whole there's a whole Absolutely kind of great. gaslighting aspect mm. to the plot uh, to to the, his character and stuff. Uh, that they're playing with and I thought he was really intense I mean he's a very mm. you know he's that he's a term eternally young looking kind of uh guy you know he's he's very youthful looking he's he's always going to look like a teenager to a, to a certain extent but mm -hmm. I thought he really sold it well he was very um they they also dressed them very you know the costume department you know they dressed them very well he was he was he was very and I think this was designed to sort of be reflective of his character everything was very particular about his look. And I know that's yeah. quite a conventional thing anyway, yeah. but his hair and his beard, he was very, very um, uh, well-groomed, I guess you could say, and, and sort of, the, you know, the, the way he was dressed and stuff. And that was all uh, sort of reinforcing this kind of control kind of uh, personality that he has. Uh, I thought that worked excellently. And obviously um, the the heroine played by Andrea Longo, she's, you know, it, it's the kind of, uh, you know the sort of vulnerable you know uh heroine you know she's she's very so very kind of um she's not a strong character she's she seems quite weak but she has kind of going back to what we talked about with prey it's like you, they, they have to find the strength although in prey she's a really strong character you can tell that from the start but yeah. in this one she's you know she's kind of got that meekness you know that a lot of these characters have and she has to kind of she doesn't really grow a huge amount but that she does you know her character does, uh, you know, the, the experiences that she has and the, the sort of um, the difficulties and, you know, the sort of uh, the manipulation and how she responds to it and stuff. And I thought she, car she carried that really well. I'm not really, I'm not familiar with her work, but I thought, you know, she carried the film very well uh, with obviously with uh, Sean Ashmore in, in support. And then there was the, the creepy uh, housekeeper lady. And so it's quite a small cast. There's only like four or five people in it. Um, and uh, yeah, the I, I I did really think it was a, a very solid psychological horror up until the end. <laughs> yeah, I think well, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't want to sound down on it because I was enjoying it until then. It, it just really, <clears throat> like I said, came out of nowhere and just kind of ruined it in a way. Well, but... they did pepper. They peppered the little bits throughout, and then they kind of pick that, up yeah. those threads. Yeah. But, yeah, no, but but it. I just felt it. It didn't. I mean, I'm not going to go into spoilers or anything. So yeah, but I just it's, did. It's I did. I didn't feel it was yeah. quite. Yeah, yeah. It kind of took the film in a completely different direction, which I was like, I don't really. I'm, I feel like I'm watching a different movie now, which which mm. which was a shame. Mm. But um, 
say I, I, I definitely think it's 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 still one of the better better um sort of films of this type that i've seen recently there was the maggie q one where she was uh, uh i can't remember what that i think it was did she go she was going on holiday and i uh, think and uh you know, she was mistrusting of what was going on in the environment. There was the other oh, one where the, the, uh, oh, the girl went yeah. to India and stuff. We've seen a lot of these kind of characters where, where films which are focused on, uh, the, mm. you know, horror movies with a female character who's not sure, sure what's going on. Are they, you know, is it is it all in their head and all that sort of stuff? And I think that this one is one of the best France, of those. Well, wasn't it? That one where they're going to this villa in France to, to be, yeah. you know, to that be labouring. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Safe yeah. Inside, I think that one That's was. it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which so, had yeah, a lot. Right. That, that also played with, I mean, that did, went off in some other sort of weird sort of sci-fi directions and stuff as well. Um, not sci- Well, not sci-fi, but you know what I mean. It was, um, mm. there was a, a, a whole other thing with that. But yeah, there's, I, I quite like these sort of movies that sort of play with different, you know reality and you know dreams and and, and things and mm. and uh yeah cycle you know identity stuff like that and uh, i thought this was yeah very solid uh, say exceeded my expectations it was it was it was uh, originally called the free fall and uh, it's been retitled uh, as you, as you say as the voices i don't think that's a good retitle i think the no, free fall no. is a bit of an, an unusual title that, right. that maybe they weren't sure of, but the voices is just way too generic and really to, doesn't to fit the film at all. Yeah. Mm. yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I, I, I really, really did like this. I, I didn't think I was going to, um, but yeah, I, I think from you know it's the editing, the, the visuals that it packs in, uh, it, it keeps things interesting and never lets you sort of get bored with what's going on. Um, and, and and you know Sean Ashmore's character. He is just so endearingly creepy, you know, and, and yeah. rocking rocking these turtleneck shirts, turtleneck yeah. <laughs> all the time, um, and it, which makes you wonder why. Well, you know, it's, it's it's a weird sort of fashion choice, but um, I mean, he looks great in it. But at the same time, you're thinking, what's he hiding? Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 a very very solid film. I, I think you guys are right. It's sort of. Um, it's too much of a tangent that it heads off in at the end, even though, as you say, you know, there are a few breadcrumbs towards it earlier on. It just doesn't, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's too much of a, a leap yeah. to, to, get, to get to where it needs, you know, where it wants to be. Uh, Mike, did yeah. you, did you recognize the director's name? Um, who is the director of this one? So it's directed by Adam Stillwell, who made a, whose previous film I know you've seen. Yeah, it's called The Triangle. Oh, I love The Triangle. The Triangle is superb. Um, yeah, I, I thoroughly recommend The Triangle. It's it's a found footage film um, about a group of filmmakers who are invited to go to this commune. In the middle of the California desert, to uh, by one of their friends who's part of this new com- commune, and you know you're kind of waiting for the shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. You know you're waiting for everything to go horrible. The funny thing is, I'd only just watched Ty West's um, The Sacrament, you know, just before seeing mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. which is basic based on the Jonestown massacre. So I'm kind of waiting for there to be some sort of enigmatic malevolent sort of leader 
that's going to turn everything to shit, you know, but it doesn't happen. You know, this, this commune is actually working. It's, it's thriving. It, it, it seems pretty idyllic. And they have this big, like, festival. And then one of the guys comes up to the filmmakers and goes, now we want to show you what you're really here for. And that's when the film changes. And it's, it's brilliant. Uh, I absolutely loved it. So do you, do you see it? I mean, this is the uh, no, this, is this guy's own, This is only his second feature, and it's like four, four or five years between the yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Do you see well, a sort of connection of themes and stuff between them, or is no, it, no, or, no. or is it completely different kind yeah, of? Movie? It's com- completely different genres, um, completely different type of filmmaking because that was a found footage style film, hmm. um, although more more of a sort of fakeumentary style found footage thing, you know, because um, it is an, an actual completed thing. Um, but it is one of the best, you know, as far as I'm concerned. I, th- I think it really works. Um, so I, I'm I'm really pleased that he's he's managed to sort of direct something different, um, but at the same time as engaging, despite the ending. <laughs> the yeah. the ending of the ending of the other one, the triangle, absolutely rocks. It is brilliant. Um, but unfortunately, this one it's it's just too much of a leap. The other thing about the so I'm talking about the the way the film looks the the cinematographer of this film is uh, James Neist, uh, and he's done films like Annabelle. Oh yeah. So he's so you know he's clearly worked in that sort of high end horror kind mm. of space. Uh, I don't know if he I don't know if he was the main cinematographer or the, or like a supporting. I think one. I think that's one of the things about this film. It's not washed out. You know the the, the colors are quite vivid. In this, when there's yeah, it's blood, dark, it, but it's crisp. Yeah, and, you know. but but exactly, it's very crisp. And you know, when, when there's things like blood, you know, there's proper blood. So you know, it's a proper blood color. Um, it, it stands out. You know, um, so so yeah, it's it's not one of these sort of typical anemic sort of washed out sort of uh, horror movies. It's 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 got sort of depth of color to it. Yeah, I did um the 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 haunting of Bly Manor was that a Netflix? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he did that as well. Yeah. yeah oh, so yeah. Anna, Anna Valley was director of photography on Haunting a Blind Manor. He did. Um, yeah. So this guy knows yeah. his stuff. So that, that absolutely. That's, you know, there's yeah. a lot of professional, you know, people involved in what is you know a, a, a little movie that's sort of just getting a, a pushed out with a with a title change on on you know DTV kind of thing. But it is it's cut above, I'd say. Yes, absolutely. Um, scores on the doors. Uh, Steve? I'll give it a six. Mm-hmm. And Rich? Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. I'm splitting the difference with a seven. So a six, a seven, and an eight for the voices. Uh, go check it out. Our short shot this week is Scooty. A scooter-hating rollerblader called Jake ends up meeting a robot made up of scooter parts. Um, I wasn't sure whether or not I was going to like this to begin with. Um, it was just so weird. But this grew on me, and the technical skill involved in this uh, blew me away, basically. So, um, you know, there, there are definitely overtones of things like Toy Story 3 in there, bit of um, short circuit mixed in there, but um, I, th- I think it kind of stands up on its own. Uh, Steve, what do you make of Scooty? Um, yeah, I yeah, probably go with you, Mike, at the beginning. I was like, mm, 
because I mean the lead character is a dick basically you know and he's got this very weird obsession with hating scooters and then Scooter comes along changes the whole thing and is yeah he's like the biggest most lovable character since Johnny Five in Short Circuit you know that kind of thing and yeah technically it's fantastic I mean I'm presuming it was made on a shoestring you know but the work and the effects are astounding and yeah, it really did. It, it won me over. It's really, really, really enjoyable. Cool. Um, and Rich, what do you make of uh, Scooty? Yeah, I thought it was. I loved it. I mean, uh, the, I just think it's got. It is. It, it is weird. It's kind of got this unlikable <laughs> central character who doesn't really <laughs> learn any any lessons much over the course of the movie. Um, they still, you know, they're, they're going around being, you know, antisocial and stuff, basically, and. That's kind of um, they don't actually stop doing that. It's kind of they 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 just sort of go on it. But the the sort of uh, you know the I guess you'd term it you know the, one of these sort of bromance kind of things mm-hmm. that, that develops. I just thought that was really well done. I, I, was, I was completely bought into it. The um, the the performance of the uh, of the robot, you know, is obviously all, all CGI, but with the voice of. Um, uh, Riley Olsen. So you've got Matt Zone as, as the lead character, Jake, and Riley Olsen, who's the co-writer with director Peter France of the of the script. Um, he's playing the character. He just completely brings it uh, to life. Uh, the, the, the you know he's a very the character. Yeah, Johnny Five completely uh, a very endearing, you know, lovable character. It kind of the the setup is you know as you say, Jake hates these scooters and that, which is I I never even saw these kind of electric scooters all over the place until I went to Poland and. Uh, we went to Gdansk and there were tons of them everywhere, strewn all over the place. And obviously it's like some sort of international thing now. If you go, you go to certain cities yeah. and they just have these scooters and, you know, just, you can rent If you got them in um, where yeah, you we are. Got my, we got one. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they so, kind of sort of centralised, you know, but every now and again you see one sort of on the outskirts yeah. of town. Yeah, I know. Mm. And these ones had like Uber and stuff. Mm. You know, I think there's different companies do them. But anyway, yeah. so this this is what he's railing at. And he's a, he's a, a rollerblader. So he's like completely against them. But he doesn't really learn his lesson but the film has such an energy and pace about it you know it's 18 minutes long but it's like it is a whole movie it's like what you would see in a feature that they've just truncated it and like you know they, they you know there's the initial sort of setting them up and then you know the lightning strikes and scooty gets created and and they, they sort of scared each other and then they're friends and then they mess and you know scooty's experiencing life <laughs> and then they're sort of they go on a caper and you know then there's the Oh, we're going to go our separate ways. We're having a falling out, kind of, and then we're going to go. They just work it really well. And yes, the visual mm. effects and some of the bits are a bit um, uh, stretched and don't possibly quite work. But that's really, you can't can't really criticise too much no. what, what has I been can't. achieved here. And also, no. I absolutely love the score. I thought that there's a great theme. Uh, I think the computer the composer is actually British. Uh, from uh, from looking into some of it, uh, the the soundtrack to the film is actually. Uh, available online. Benjamin Squires is the is the composer. I was just sort of, and he does things like um, he's done various projects, but including things like trailer music and that. Um, but uh, the 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 main theme to to Scooty, I, I, I think it's 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 a really great piece of music, and the whole thing feels like a a little little blockbuster, you know. Yeah. 
definitely. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the you know the um, the whole sequence where he's um, going because I think it's set in San Francisco, isn't it? Yes. And, uh, yeah. You know when he's going down the hill, <clears throat> it's sort of zooming around the cars. And yeah. I thought, well, that was all re- really really well done. You know, some of it was deliberately sort of back projected and stuff. You know, some some yeah. of it looked, some of it looked pretty seamless, but you know other bits were sort of made to look a bit more sort of deliberately um, sort of you know sort of back projected but yeah I, I thought it was a superb sequence um and you know when he really grabs onto the plane and everything um <laughs> yeah no it's, it's just really really good and, and you know that they do manage to give scooty a very expressive face you know the, the sort of eyebrows mm-hmm. the way his eyes light up and things like that it, it, you know they, they do a lot to sort of bring the character to life so yeah, yeah, if people I mean, want to sort of visualise the sort of thing we're talking about, it's basically, you know, the visual effects here are at, at that kind of Michael Bay Transformers kind of level. But with this character, it's not like it's all overly complicated. He's got quite a, you know, you can see what you can see what what he's doing and, you know, how his eyes are moving, like little, the lights on his eyes and the way that they, uh, when they're trying to be expressive, you know, certain lights will go out to change the... Yeah to change the angles and, and whatever mm. that's it it's not um you know all these servos sort of to, you know winding up and sort of turning around and and things it's um you know he is composed of quite simple parts of these yeah. scooters and that but it's he's got a complicated i mean it must have been great it must have taken ages to to, to you know to animate it all and yeah. it's well, still really complicated. Yeah. i mean there's that early bit you know when they're they're going they go out and they start throwing the scooters around and scooty chucks a scooter the, through a the, window um, yeah through the yeah. shop window yeah, yeah it's like that's a great sequence that's just yeah. that moment alone it's like yeah. you know would in a, in a you know that's the kind of thing that would you would see in a you know mega budget blockbuster kind of thing mm. and here they've done it on the on on you know what effectively i would guess like a shoestring, I think they're probably working a, uh, you know, very small, small team trying to pull this off and you know releasing it free on YouTube and stuff yeah, by you, the uh, you know, corridor. How, how him managing to convince the shop to allow you to sort of smash the window. Mm. <laughs> well, no, I think that's all CG. That's the thing. I think that's all just really good really? CG. Yeah, it looked it, it looked like like they really did smash a window. That's so. why. That's why I'm pretty sure it was it was uh, CG, yeah. but very very good CG. That's the, that's the best kind when you don't, you don't even realize that there is yeah. um there's a sequence I, d- I did like where, where they they do this sort of caper kind of heist scenario and it's the sort of thing we've seen a million times in various films and tv where the guy sort of puts on a set of overalls and tries to sort of get in but he does it in such a naff way <laughs> you know it is it's sort of like just Makes it incredibly obvious that he shouldn't be there. <laughs> you know, yeah, looking at him very weird. But, but, but then yeah. Scooty, they, they do the bit where Scooty falls down the sort of air duct or mm. the the waste waste duct yeah, sort yeah. of thing, and that is you know that sort of cartoonish, the, the way they follow his character, follow him down, and then he ends mm. up in this sort of uh, pit with like volcanic, you know, mm. molten metal yeah, and so... stuff. At the bit, it's quite, it's really looks really great. <laughs> And then it sort of of starts talking to somebody who sort of go, "Oh, you meant to be there." (laughs) It's just—it's very silly. It's very tongue-in-cheek. It's—it's—it's very light. It's—it's yeah. It's it's very for the most. You know, it's a bit unfortunate, really, because it's for the most part it's really family-friendly. But there are some, some a couple of f bomb or at least one f bomb and and stuff in there, which kind of makes it a bit un—you know—a bit more of a a twelve or a twelve a kind of experience. But uh, it will. Otherwise, it's very family friendly. Apart from that, indeed. 
definitely worth checking out. Uh, we shall put a link in the footnotes below. Please go take a look. Our DTV throwback this week is Rago, King of the Sea Monsters. Set in World War II, this film depicts an alternate history regarding the fate of the Japanese battleship Yamato. Um, okay, so in essence, we have a Keiju film. Um, in essence, at least. Um, Steve, how did he get on with Rhaegar? Not very well, to be fair. Um, I mean, we'll start off, the effects were terrible. It's for some reason, it looked like something off of PS1. It was like there's no attempt to make them look real in any way, shape or form. The acting was terrible. It was so over the top in every situation. Um, every performance was awful. And it was obviously very, very cheaply made. But it kind of showed as well. There's only, I think it was like, it's supposed to be like five or six different ships. And you can tell they're all filmed in the same room, if you know what I mean. Mm. You know, they've just got different characters in there. Said, go crazy, go over the top, do what you want, because I'm not, we're not going to give you any, any, any performance tips on this. Just, it, it, it was, it was shoddily made, shoddily acted, and yeah, mercifully shot, shall we say. And again, the ending was the most random thing I've ever seen in my life. Because, you, you know, you've got the bit where they, it's a kaiju film where they defeat the monster. Hmm. And then it starts going on about two years after how the ship eventually sinks and there's some ninja dancing on top of the ship, samurai dancing on the ship as well. And mm. yeah, just very, very weird and shoddy and no, not not for me at all. Uh, Rich, you, you were sort of enticed by this one, uh, you mm. know, the prospect of a an unknown kaiju film um, sitting on Plex. Um, what did you make of it? Well, I, initially, I initially I was quite uh, pleased because it's not dubbed. So mm-hmm. I was quite, you know, I was like, oh, okay, we've got. An, I was that that was the thing I was anticipating is that oh, it's been it's been retitled from its original title, which basically translates as. Uh, Rago, the deep sea monster versus the battleship Yamato, I believe is the original title or, or translation of it, uh, which is a great title. I mean, the, the whole, because oh, I know I've heard of the battleship Yamato, that's mm-hmm. been the subject of uh, some other films as well. And um, so it's got quite a, a cool sort of scale sound to it. But yeah, the the, the low budget becomes immediately apparent. This was, mm. apparent, uh, I believe, independently made. So it's not from a major studio like um, the Godzilla or Gamma like, movies. Or totally it's, that, yeah. yeah, it's not from any of them. It's a it's a much l- lower budget affair, and it does really veer close. I think it's still better than, but it does veer very close to Asylum 
sort of mega shark territory, especially with the fact that you don't really see uh, Riga uh, very much at all, which to be fair was also a problem with the uh, 2014, I think Godzilla movie. Um, this was picked up for um, distribution with, and basically took with artwork that copies the uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters release mm. in 2019. So they've used the, basically exactly the same design of cover to to sort of sell this movie, and that was kind of what attracted yeah. my interest and curiosity. And I think there's some interesting stuff with the monster. It's not, um, for example, it's uh, it's aquatic, so it doesn't have legs. So it kind of uh, it's got the sort of head sort of style of part of that you would expect from a kaiju, and yeah. it but it sort of uh, swims over and so, so the design is quite interesting but you don't really see a lot of it it was quite um there's a lot of really bad cg and i wasn't sure whether how much of of Riga was cg i think they did use models or or, or some sort of costume but it, it's kind of overlaid with a lot of visual effects as well which are mm. as, as steve said not very good especially when they're showing basically any any bit where they show the ship is is I would have yeah. loved to. It was, I, I wish it was models. You know, it, that would mm. have been sort of quirky and kitsched and authentic to to the kind of movie. But the fact that they've gone for this really sort of cheap CG just doesn't really work. The film no. also has uh, it, it's a lot of you know discussion, which again a bit like Asylum, mm. but also like something like uh, Shin Godzilla, where you know it's people sitting, all the, all these people sitting around thinking how are we going to deal with this situation. So I'm not really uh, hugely down on the film from that point either, but it but it is a film with some really odd odd things that they've added in as well. So I, I do like some of the the monster attacks, although there aren't very many of them. Uh, I do like there's some good stuff there, although they they show up they like all in or oh, something's gonna happen. Oh no, they cut away, you know, <laughs> so you don't actually see anything. Mm. Say, then it's like a day later, or it's like, well, hang on a minute, was, <laughs> the sequence was just getting started. Um, but also there's there's a bit where the uh, the generals or whatever are all sitting around and a guy starts undoing his buttons and they have this comedy sound effect for some reason. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. a bit at the start of the movie where the girls are all sort of gathering around and one of them sort of lifts up the skirt to show her pants, which sort of seemed a bit, you know, to show the other girl's pants, you know, they're sort of teasing yeah. her and stuff. And so I thought, again, the sort of, very, I mean, I suppose it's very Japanese. <laughs> so it's like, I've seen some, I've seen some quite uh, odd Japanese movies that, uh, sort of veer into that. This isn't, a, I've, seen, I've seen sleazier stuff, but it just sort of seemed a bit of a, un, a bit of an awkward moment uh, of, of, uh, to be happening, but it wasn't as sleazy as it could have been. Um, and yeah, like, like Steve was saying, that whole sort of extended sort of epilogue, I'm not, I'm not so down on the, like Kabuki Gotai Dai, or whatever, Kabuki Samurai or the dancing, you know, because I think there was some sort of uh, statement or something that they were trying to make about the, uh, the the fate of the battleship Yamato, which I, which was kind of going above my head really, but it it just dragged on, and then they introduced these characters, and they, there's like oh, there's that lady and all that kind of stuff, and it goes on for like five minutes, and it's not a sh it's not a long movie, it's only an hour and twenty minutes long, so I was yeah. just thinking yeah, if it it didn't really need that, and uh, I, if I were the you know, I could understand why you know in the past. Uh, you know, these kind of movies, you know, Japanese monster movies have been picked up and they've been re-edited, like obviously Godzilla, King of the Monsters was you know, mm. the original one. Mm -hmm. And uh, and even like Godzilla 1984, you know, adding Raymond Burr in and all that sort of thing. And in this one, I think, you know, if they could have just re-edited it a bit, 
um, that would have sort of helped, uh, you know, to do like an, in, you know, like an international version. I wouldn't have been against it uh, mm. if they'd have done that. And the, um, yeah, so overall, I think I'm not again, uh, it wasn't what I hoped it would be, but I also found enough interesting in it, I guess. Uh, and uh, there's two others, uh, you know, they're not, I don't think there's a series, but there are two other films from the same makers with, with other monsters. So Rai Ga, uh, the monster from the deep sea, which I think is a variation. Uh, and then there's one called God Rai Ga versus King Oga. Um, I wouldn't, I'd be curious to sort of check those out, but I've, I've now, you know, my, my expectations are, are very much managed now in terms of what I might expect. So, you know, I think it's probably, you know, uh, it's not, it's not Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus or, or something like it's that. Close. But you know, it, it's pretty. Yeah. It's, it is close. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think you're both right with this one. It's the effects. You know, it's it's a real shame they couldn't have models, or you know, even mm. a monster suit. E even if it was a mixture of the two, you know, models for the for the ships and things. Uh, but. Yeah, it, it just doesn't work for me. Um, I, I don't I don't mind the, the talky bits too much. I didn't mind the acting. You know, I've seen plenty of low-budget Japanese films over the years. I'm quite, quite, quite fine with it. And the con um, concept is good, isn't it? You know, a, a kaiju yeah. monster and the battleship yeah. and stuff. It's a great yeah. idea. I think it was made in 2005, but they, they yeah. it, um, it got picked up for international in the... About to say 2018 2019 so um, it's very much of its i think it's you know it is a 2005 ish kind of looking movie especially if you look at some of the but even in 2005 some of the cgi you know you could it would have there was still better then. cgi mm. it would have been poor back then i think even yeah it's it's a bit of a, a miss unfortunately um yeah basically that's that's, that's yeah. it. it's 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 um you know it's a curiosity one uh, you know, if you're a kaiju fan, I think that you're going to find this one disappointing. But it's it's available on Flex, on Plex, I should say. So you might want to go and check it out. Um, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> There's not really much else to say on it. You know, we're not going to rag on it too much. Um, okay. What about the American it. soldier? I thought he was all right. I thought they, that was okay. They, that sequence. They did. They they kind of established him, and then he kind of. Disappeared from the movie, didn't he? He was like, I was like, mm. I, I, right at the end again. Oh, was he? I, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I, I saw they kind of, I did. I, they kind of set us up a lot of these characters, and I, I did get a bit lost with with some of mm. them. But uh, mm. I thought I, I didn't. I wasn't down on the, most of the acting. I thought some of the characterization was was quite decent uh, with um, especially with like um, the, the sort of senior military figures and stuff. I thought they were. I thought it was fine in in that sense, but yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's definitely a. It, I think probably more for like, you know, people more hardcore than the, the yeah. you know. I think, no, I think the monster actually when they when you actually see what the what the creature actually looked like and when they show it properly in the in the sort of model version, I think mm. it looks pretty good. But I think maybe who knows restrictions? Uh, you know, maybe they only had one version of it. They could only use in one particular shot or something or, or two or three shots. And then they had to CGI the rest of it. So I don't know, but um, mm -hmm. say the, 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 there's a kernel of something really good there, but uh, yeah, it doesn't live up. Certainly doesn't live up to the, to the name of the, you know, you know, deep sea monster versus battleship Yamato. Woohoo. You know, yeah. it's like a big, it's like a bit like, um, you know, when something like Boa versus Python comes out, it's like, you know, they try to, 
they try to set it up as like this big oh it's going to be a big it's actually a bit of a damp squib although i do think i although i do actually really like boa versus python i think although that was made on a really low budget they did kind of mm. pull off some sort of michael bay sort of uh stylistic touches in that particular one whereas this is is quite this is quite a flat movie visually you know it's um it's mm. all shot in it's you know it's got those sort of stagey bits you can tell they're actually not on a on a ship and and stuff like that but uh yeah, so it was. I'm I'm not down on watching it. I'm glad I've seen it, and I say I'm curious to check out the others. But it was, it wasn't everything I hoped it would be. Indeed. Um, okay, so we don't score the throwbacks, but we will put a link in the footnotes for you to go check it out. Uh, that is the end of this week's show. So thanks to Steve and Rich for working your way through these films this week. Some classics there for sure. Um, some which have definitely divided opinion. And shame on you both for not watching The Last Sun. Um, other than that, don't forget to check us out on um, Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Uh, you will also find the sister show, uh, the DTV Digest Short Shots, where Rich puts a new short every evening around about 8 o'clock. Yep, we've got thanks. about 500 now. Got about 500. Awesome. Um, thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.